Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Season's greetings. It is the most wonderful time of the year, folks. Um, and on that note, Russ has something to say. So yesterday, Disney had their um, shareholders meeting and started rolling out what like their next 10 years of movies are going to look like. And just thinking about like 10 years of Star Wars scared me. Like it was just too much of a commitment to think about on one particular day. But but the one thing I don't know if they really thought about was bringing Hayden Christensen back as Darth Vader because he's really often looked at as maybe the worst or second worst actor ever to be in a Star Wars movie. Now, playing Darth Vader is good if you want to get that Darth Vader heat, but you still have to be a good actor, and he's not a good actor, and no. fans are not happy about this. No. Wow, I didn't even know that was happening. I, I missed that whole yeah. thing. That's so they're bringing back the so he was like Anakin in the prequels, correct? Uh, in the second and the third, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And they'll be coming back to um, the actor who, who's the actor. Well, they're bringing you and McGregor back, McGregor, and, who everybody loved. Like that's good, right? But uh, see, I okay. I, I traditionally I'm never hot or cold about anything. It's like or I am hot or cold about things. I'm not in the middle. Um, and the previews yesterday came out for. A Star Wars. Now, it wasn't really a preview because all it was was the director of the movie saying that she's directing the next Star Wars. Patty Jenkins, yeah. She's Jenkins. a director. Yeah. And, right, and she directed Wonder Woman, so I'm sure it's going to be good. But really, I'm I'm nonplussed about Star Wars after the last couple movies, and they're really with the Mandalorian and all these other things. They're you know, Disney is really going to town. They're going to you're going to get. Star Wars up the yin-yang for the next five to six years. It's going to be ridiculous. I mean, I'll tell you what my argument is. I get less stressed that way about Marvel because right. like, these characters were developed a long time ago. But like, that, that, was, that, was my, that was my point, Ross. I, I, yeah. I saw the Loki preview. I saw the one for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm in. Those were great. Right. Star right. Wars, they're beating it to death. And it, it, I hate when they do that because it's I, almost going to be like, hey, you remember that guy who fixed the aircraft in that movie? Now we did a series about him. You want to learn about him? And it's like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I don't know where they're, um, I don't know where they're going to go exactly. You know, like, well, I mean, well, I, I can tell you, if you did an Ewok movie, I, I wouldn't watch it. Heck, the only Star Wars movie after the original three that I thought was really well done and good was Rogue One. Other than that, I thought everything else has been bad. I uh, thought they were all good. Like, were they all they were spectacular? All no, but they were Rogue good. Rogue One was a better movie. I do agree with you on that one. Yeah. Um, in terms of, but you know what's interesting? So, uh, if you the worst to, to tie this in with Christmas for a second, the worst ever Christmas special is the Star Wars Christmas special. It is. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it, it is. is and and the funniest part, the funniest part is with Chewbacca and 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 the rest of his family because it's just like ten minutes of them going. Eh, eh, yeah, eh, if you want to watch something that's absolutely hilarious, and that is, you know, my my buddies, I, I'm friends with two of the guys who do the um, Mystery Science Theater and Riff Tracks things. Yeah. And um, if you want to watch something funny, their version, they, they Riff Tracks the uh, Star Wars Holiday Special. Um, with, with like 1980s um, or 70s, whatever it was. Um, I think know. it was right after the first one. Yeah, it was right. It was right after. It was. It was. It was yeah. before anything else was done. So it was the next thing that happened after right. Star Wars came out. And they they riff tracked it. They with all the commercials. I might watch that. It was on like CBS. It was on CBS, and he has all the all the 80s commercials or 70s commercials, whenever that came out. One last thing, I want to ask Kevin this because. Everybody, I think at this point, you know, nine months into the pandemic has run out of things to watch. Um, you know, like if you have Netflix, if you have Hulu, Amazon Prime, whatever, you know, you were going to town on whatever was out there, you know, the Queen's Gambit or the Crown. or I mean, have you run out of things to watch or yeah. is that something? Yeah. Yeah, I have. I, I purposely kept, I've been committed to the crown, so I hadn't yeah. seen the fourth season, and now I'm in the middle of that, um, okay. which really helps. And 
I used to be such a binge watcher and uh, I've tried to not do that so I could, you know, savor some of these. Um, you see, we ripped through the British baking show now too, and we started to hit a wall. The new Cranston series on Showtime, we just started that. Yeah. So that's gonna that's gonna help ease the uh, the burden a little and but it's getting thin out there. Yeah, I, I watched watched the Nicole Kidman uh, uh the undoing. Yeah, yeah, yeah I didn't movie. like it. I, I didn't either. I got to the end of it and I was sort of disappointed. But I was gonna make a point about uh to Mike about because I agree with what Mike said about the Star Wars and I'm I watched all the Star Wars. I've watched and I was a Star Trek guy as well, but you know, the only difference between me and you is, is that, yeah, I rank them sort of in my head, but I would never say I'm not going to watch them because. Well, yeah. yeah. The, the way I view it is, is sometimes, and it's the same thing, and this is the reason I think like that, you know, and you, you should know too, because you're a writer. You know, sometimes you write something that's really, really good, and sometimes you just write a story, and it doesn't work out as well. And, yeah. you know. I mean, sometimes people will, will call you out on that, but most of the time they get that, that sometimes a story is just a story right. and it's not, not the best of all time. Well, that's how I feel about Star Wars and the rest of them. You know, I'll go and see him plunk my money down. Some do I enjoy. I think they hit it out of the park and some I go, sure. but you know, like I don't say, well, that was a waste of 15 bucks or. Right. Yeah, well, I've never said that. No. I mean, yeah. I, I worked at a movie theater, so it's like I, I basically, you know, got to see everything for free between 1985 and 1995. So and it's one of those one of these deals where, with the, you know, I liked all three Star Wars movies, but the Star Treks, the first one was horrible. The second one was was the Wrath of Khan was was great. It was what probably the you know the best of the Star Trek movies. The third one when Spock comes back to life was bad, and then the fourth one with the whales was great. So it was like every other one. I stopped I after that one. I, I gave up after that. <laughs> well, yeah, please. When when you have Christopher Plummer dressed up as a Klingon quoting <laughs> Shakespeare. Well, this is actually Sunny funny because what I started watching, which is um as a a mutual friend of Kevin and mine told me I have never watched anything of the Star Trek world. Oh my God. Wow. Nothing like zero, like zero Star Trek. I don't know why. It's just like one of those things. I grew up in an era where you had it on TV. I grew all up in the era when it was on TV. I just didn't like it. When I, I was still, kid, watch, I still watch the old episodes. I still watch the old episodes. I, know. I started, that's what I started doing with my kids. I started watching the episodes, you know, like to start there. And I, you know, it's just funny. Yeah. That that reminds me of uh, being in college, and you know, when you, sometimes back then you'd play the drinking game, and you, you made everybody drink if you uh, had not done something that were right. done. And I always got them on. I had never seen an episode of Mark and Mindy because <laughs> <laughs> I I was in you know college, and I just right. I, I, like college I was, years. I was I working, so I had never seen an episode. And here, I, here's my suggestion to like Richard Petrowski in these chat room because he said start first Star Trek was a snore. Watch it as a comedy, and it'll change you. Oh, but it, but it's it's a three hour. It's really it's so badly done yeah. that it makes me laugh out loud. It's a, they try. You know what they tried to do, and then we'll start the show. What they tried to do, they were the, the the director of that movie tried to make it as sort of like a two thousand one. No, no, not the movie. The first series. Oh I no, the first series a comedy because the oh. acting is so bad oh, that it makes oh, me. Laugh. You just got to put it in context. The fight uh, scenes are awful. Like oh, awful. right now. Yeah, that's 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 a ridiculous comment. You got to remember when it was filmed. <laughs> Right, Russ. Okay, yeah, I'm going through it now. I thought that at 10 years old, Kevin. They were made in 1967. No, I, I'll, I'll grant. I'll grant. Shatner's acting is horrible in it, but but it's oh, it makes me laugh. It's so bad, it's good. That's yes, what I, yes I, that's I, what it is. I mean, it's and it's it's really not that bad. I mean, that's how it was back then. Right. You know, I haven't grown up in that. So that's, Scotty had to say a hundred times, "There's trouble in the engine room," and never fix yeah, it. That, that's just the way that they did things back then. <laughs> I mean, uh, there, there, there's and then we'll start. There was a fight scene in one of the episodes. Like I'll I'll look it up. I think it's called the Wolf in the Fold. It's about basically a, a, a spirit that that goes into each person's body, and it turns like the, it, like it was Jack the Ripper. And it it the well, any, anyway, uh, there's a bald character who gets into a fight with Kirk. He comes around the desk, and it's so bad that the stuntman was wearing like a plastic bald hat. <laughs> That it was it was such a bad edit that it's it is laughable. I I will I'm sure it's on YouTube. There was, there was so much involved in those plots that was so you know kind of over the top for that time. The interracial kiss. The, no, no, there's those oh, yeah, kind yeah. of things. Yeah, I know. I, I get the, that. 
you know, it was, it was amazing. I'm, I'm watching, oh, I've told you this before. I'm re going through the series combat, um, yes. which I watched when yeah, I was, yeah. and, uh, it's the same thing on that. Like they were way ahead of their time on yeah. dealing with racism and anti-war sentiments and, um, you know, the, the idea of, uh, atrocities and, all kinds of things that you would never have thought they would have done in the 1960s. But well, did. I'll tell you how the how the mores of of, of television have changed. I, I've been watching like all old Law and Orders on uh, on like a couple of the channels and online, and they're the old Law and Orders on like Sundance Channel or whatever. They've edited out phrases that were non-offensive in in the early 90s or whenever it started but now they are offensive so they've bleeped them or changed them yeah so i don't believe you'd be able to show the show f troop anymore i think that would be like banned no, from all of them no you don't no, no. show your kids any movies from the 80s like none none for what it's worth like i tried like the other day what was i trying to show i was trying to show my son ferris bueller planes trains and automobiles which oh, i thought that's a good one funny movie at the time it's a great movie. Can't even watch. I mean, there's, there, it, it, they, they, you know, and it's fun. And you know, I'm not saying it's wrong because you know, it's, it's not. But it makes me mad because my dad made me sit through these black and white movies. Why can't your kids sit through these movies? Don't sit through them, but you, you know, <laughs> like when you watch something through their eyes because they see the world. Yeah, yeah. There's like a, there's a much higher level of correctness. People are going to call it politically correct. I think it's just actually, yeah. actually, I just call it kindness. There's a much higher level of kind, and in general, and we're not at the point yet, you know, they're not at the point where they can laugh at that, you know, from the opposite yeah. side of it. So it's like, yeah, it's tough. I mean, you can't, I couldn't get, I thought, I thought that movie, I'm like that, you know, I'm trying to find a holiday movie. I'm like that movie. I think I can watch planes, trains, and automobiles. I think we can probably watch that. And I couldn't, I couldn't Christmas get Christmas vacation. You could do uh, no uh, way. not a chance. Not Scrooge. A, really? Scrooge again, Scrooge was, yeah, uh, we tried that one too. We did. That's another one we tried. It's pretty funny. Well, something, something's wrong with your family then. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. I guess so. All right, here we go. Um, it's very possible, Mike. It's very possible. All right. Hello, Hockey World. It is Friday, December 11th, 2020. I'm Michael Agello, and I actually met John Candy and Steve Martin when they were filming Plane, tra plane Streams wow. and Automobiles. Wow, that's cool. I'm Russ Cohen. That's it. Kevin Allen. And I'm Eklund. You're watching the Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes every Monday through Friday at this time to fill you in on the comings and goings in the hockey world. And before we get to our topic, which is a big topic, yep. um, I did something hockey-related that I wanted to throw in, but I was going to talk in the pre-show, but I wanted to talk about it now. So last night, first night of Hanukkah here, I gave um, my son a – he's a huge Lego person. And the traditional first night of Hanukkah gift is a giant Lego set. And my wife and son doing Lego sets have been doing Lego sets since as long as I can remember – and they haven't done one in a, in a year, you know, since last. And they just had the best time, which left me with a weird night of like nothing. Picking, picking them up. Of nothing happening, nothing going on. Like me by myself, you know, in my office working for a little bit, then watching TV for a little bit, then like flipping through Canadian television, trying to find. I watched a little bit of this weird Canadian channel, like the, their version of Shark Tank called Dragon something. Dragon's, um, Dragon's Den. Yep. And, and then I ended up thinking, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to try to, I'm going to watch from beginning to end one of the more interesting games from last year. Hockey. Oh, yes. I'm going to try to find an interesting hockey game. I tweeted this out. So I watched the January 11th Edmonton Oilers versus Calgary Flames game, which was a game that, you know, if you remember, that's 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 the big game where, where you get the uh, the big fight between Kachuk, where Kachuk's getting thrown around on the ice yeah. by, um, oh, well, I can't think of his name. Oh, Zach Cassian. Thank you. Um, and that, it was, a, it was, and it was the first time in like, 10 years, those two teams had played for first place in a game. Like they were, they kept talking about that on Hockey Night in Canada. They're, they're, right. Whoever wins this game is going to be in first it place. It was a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And it was an incredibly exciting game. Um, a lot of things like came out, came through it. And I think that it's something I might want to do in the future with you guys like at some point, like pick a game that, you know, has that, that, that one of the, one of the more influential games. I found this website that just this, this guy who listed 10 games that had meaning in last, last season. And I, this was the first one. That's but, all you could find was 10. Well, 10 real meaning. meaning oh, okay. games. All right. You know, and it's fun to watch them again, you know, knowing that, you know, that they're meaningful and seeing what, seeing what you can get out of them and seeing how they can play it. And you really got to see a lot of, you know, how good Calgary was at that point. Like Calgary was a very good team. Um, you know, I've watched TJ Brody a little bit differently because obviously Brody's now at least so I'm looking at him. I'm like, okay, how am I going to see him play? Um, the, the talents of dry you know, and, and McDavid speed, obviously 
Um, and the fact that McDavid's playing with James Neal, you know, obviously Neal had a great season. We all remember this. But no, 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 no. He had a great start to the season. At that point, he's still playing with James Neal. He's got like a lot of goals at that point. Yes. Um, and you know, and when 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 and he's playing with Neal and and, and Zach Cashin, you know. So when yeah. you know, when Cashin gets kicked out with he gets kicked out with something you haven't I haven't seen forever, which is like sixteen minutes in penalties. Like you know, like you got he he like sits out like the entire four minute power play at the and then ten more minutes and two more minutes after that, I think. Um, and he returns, of course, to you know when you see the fight. But it was a, uh, and you know, and and getting to see Cam Talbot, you know, who was who at that time was hot as hell. Like he was playing really well. It was just interesting to do. So I think in the future we'll do that at some yeah. point. But um, it was okay. so it was fun to watch. The main topic today that we want to get to is um, this report by John Shannon, and it's 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 and another people are picking up on it now too, that the NHL is planning on buying vaccines, um, you know, for the for their teams and people right well let, let, let me re, let me read the clarification and then the other the other tweet that came out from yeah there's uh, other things too so go from, ahead from rick westhead from tsn uh john shannon first tweeted out that the nhl was planning to privately purchase the covid vaccine for uh all the constituents involved for the potential upcoming season then he clarified the nhl is interested in securing the vaccine when and if it's available for private purchase is yeah. it at this point no the league is also adamant that they basically wouldn't jump in line. Now, uh, Rick Westhead tweeted this morning, doctors say they suspect pro sports leagues are exploring the private purchases of COVID-19 vaccines and the P Public Health Agency of Canada tells me it can't stop pharma companies from selling their vaccines to a private enterprise. Right. Right. So uh, look, look, let's talk about this. And Kevin, uh, uh, the... Uh, the morality of this, yeah. that, uh, you know, the end, should professional leagues be doing this? Should these companies be selling it privately? Well, I, I think it's America and we're a capitalist country. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, so I think they have the right to do that. And I'm sure their argument will be, you know, if you're willing to uh, pay full freight, um, you know, they'll be happy to sell it to you. Yeah. On the other hand, if you're in the NHL, and you've been dealing with this pandemic like this country has, and you know that you know the, when people sat down to determine who should get it first, it was determined first responders, you know, should get it first, and then followed by the elderly, particularly in the nursing homes. Like you, you just can't get in the middle of all that. Like if we get to the point where um, the general public is getting it, and then you want to go out because you don't want to send your players down to CVS or you know, wherever it is that, you know, the rest of us are going to get it. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, go ahead and buy it. But, you know, any thought of jumping into those people who really need it because of compromised, uh, um, yeah. you know, health issues or, uh, um, you know, then I, I that, that's just morally wrong. I, um, I'm i glad to see that they've clarified that they, they wouldn't do yeah. that. So yeah. I'd be disappointed if I read otherwise. So. I'll tell you what, before the clarification, I did retweet over that saying as it should be, meaning it purchasing it privately. Now I'll tell you where my brain went though. The other day, Pfizer said that, Hey, in this country, uh, they asked if the U S wanted a second order and the government said, no, basically the presidency, you know, the white house said no. And I think they, they put that out there because I think when they're done allocating in the next couple of weeks for exactly what you said, Kev, I think they are going to sell privately. And and I don't know if it'll all come from Pfizer because we also have to remember there's a third and fourth company right. who's to say by the middle of January, they're not ready to produce. So I get the shock part. I don't want them to cut the line either, but I really didn't think they were going to. Mm -hmm. I was actually surprised at how many people felt like they were going to because that's really not been the NHL style. It hasn't been their forget style. The, forget the jumping the line for a second. Let's just assume, okay, every all the first responders and, and, and the elderly and people who need this get it first. Let's just assume that for a second. Right. And then let's let, but then let's jump to the general public. Um, boy, this vaccine thing feels like, it feels like a huge, terrible thing in general. Like all around, you can see where this is going to go, right? You can see the bad, you can see every possible bad thing. I mean, wealthy companies what's to stop them from buying it for the so immediately, immediately you're going to see this the divide between the the, the poor and the rich you're going to see yeah. that it's just and yeah. that and with the with the poor with the poor people in this country getting and dying of the disease more often uh, and around the world you know the rich being able to jump up and get it before them 
there are so many problems with this and it, you can well, see, you can see where this is going to go to something that just the almost should make it the, the government should almost step in and say that this can't be privatized well well okay. even if they do that these rich companies will still get it they'll yeah. still buy it. they'll still they'll still find a way to buy it well i was going to say that there, there, there could be a black market that develop there develop will be a black market there's no now, question about it but now, the other thing about that though but when you look at the nhl you know i talked to somebody there and they said one of their issues with one of the reasons that they may you know that they were think that they're considering doing this in the first place was They've got all people from all different nationalities, you know, playing on their teams. And the reality is, you know, they don't know when a guy from, you know, when a Russian player who's living here will be able to get it or when, you know, or if a Canadian will be able to get it before an American, American before a Canadian. So the concept of getting, of giving it to all of their people at once is, you know, makes sense. And I get that. Well, yeah, but it's Russia. not like they got to report back to their home country to get it. Right. So, I but mean, it depends. Doesn't it? I mean, are we, how are you going to, we don't, we don't well, know. Do we really know? I mean, you're going to have to prove your American citizenship when you get this thing. What's going to no. be the deal? No. no. But I will tell you, I got a I got a report today from New Jersey on how they're going to do it, and they went from A to Z. And when I looked at it for someone like me, even at my age, um, I'm probably last in line, and mm -hmm. that's fine by me. And but I do think that we can't expect that just because a company has said. Hey, this is what we have, and this is what our plan is. That that is the only, the only vaccines they have. That's the only ones they produce. They're not going to produce any others, and they're not going to do anything else with it. Because I think we have to remember they're corporations. Corporations well, don't work that way. First of all, the NHL will would, if the NHL will not be alone in this. The NFL will buy. No, they're all going to do it. The yeah, NBA will do it. They're not going to just be Maybe league. Major League Baseball won't do it because because the, right. the season doesn't start until April, so they maybe they'll hold off on it, but. I mean, I, I think the PR nightmare would be if they if it's found out that they do they do jump in line. If they do that, then I think a lot of people will be pissed off. But what I what I'm going to be interested in here, and you know, there are players. Uh, I'm sure there are players in the NHL who are anti-vaxxers. I'm sure there are players who are very concerned about what what they put in their bodies. Is this something that is going to be mandated by the NHL and the PA when they come to their agreement about you need to take this vaccine? If we get it, you need to take it. Yeah, I, that that certainly is going to be an issue. I mean, you know, it's going to be an issue in our country. So, you know, it's going to be a yeah. issue. You know, the one thing that I'm heartened by is how much discussion is going into how we're going to distribute this vaccine. If right. you look at it just from the fact that, as, as everyone probably knows, because we're paying more attention to this than we probably ever have about any vaccine before, um, you know, you need two doses of it. So, you know, right out of the gate, there's been a debate of whether or not you give that to the first, uh, you know, 50 million, um, you know, do you give 25 million uh, doses? Do you give 50 million doses out and then, you know, wait to get others to give that second dose, or do you give 25 million doses and have that other 25 right. people to take? Like, that's a big deal. That's yeah. a really well, big you know deal. what it is, too, Kev? They don't know yet. They've done a lot of testing, but the only testing that they don't know is after you've taken the vaccine, can you right. still transmit it to somebody else? Right. And it's also, I mean, there's a lot of confusion about whether it prevents you from getting coronavirus or prevents you from uh, from having the symptoms. Right. That's what Russ is talking about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah whether yeah. or not you'd be even to, uh, you know, transmit it. So that's why they want to do it. But it is interesting. I listened to, uh, uh, it wasn't uh, the whole distribution. It was about how when you get the vaccine, you'll be required to stay for 30 minutes, much like an allergy shot. I never had allergy shots, but um, apparently when you get an allergy shot, you must remain. Yeah. My brother did. So I used to watch them. Yeah. Right? You have to wait for 30 minutes to make sure there's no, See if you're going to break out or yeah. Like, well, like, a, like a flu shot where you go to Kroger and they stick you. Right. And, uh, then you just walk out. Yeah. Done. I just had one. You're right. They don't even care. It's like, okay, see ya. I, I can't imagine that they're going to give the, they're going to give this vaccine at the supermarket or at the drugstore. I, I would assume oh, that. No, yeah, they are. Really? Wow. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, CVS is actually CVS has been contracted to do the nursing homes. You know, right, right. Well, CVS it's said it's right. not going to be in their stores. They said it's going to be at some other type of location. Right. Well, it's going to be like, you know, you know, that's the thing too. I saw was reading on Facebook about how difficult it is to get a test in New Jersey. In Michigan here, you know, we're a state of 10 million people. 
I can get COVID tested four places within a mile of my home. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have one place by me that, and I'm in New Jersey, but I'm in Southern Jersey. It's not hard at all. They've been doing it like once a week for the last couple of months. But yeah, I just we, we have four different places, but both the drugstores in my area within, you know, do it. Okay. And the, the mm -hmm. Like everybody does it and the college does and everything else. Well, ultimately here. Now well, in Michigan, mm -hmm. Pfizer is located in Kalamazoo, which is about 13 miles from my lake house is. So I'm, nice. I'm going to be at the epicenter of, yeah. of, uh, of right. producing well, this. I know, I know where they're going to distribute the vaccine in Chicktawaga, the Chick-fil-A around the corner from me that has a, that has a line around the block. You know, you'll get yourself a spicy chicken sandwich, a frozen lemonade and a COVID vaccine. No, yeah. but you know what? I will say with this, with Kevin, the one thing that's opened my eyes with this whole thing is this is, this should be one subject that the entire world can get behind because nobody in the world has conquered this. Nobody. And so every country needs this, everybody, you know, and, and yet, it's still not, we're not all still embracing it. There are people that are actually, I just read today, there are people that are actually faking like the vaccine's not going to work or it didn't work after they got it because they're just bad people. I mean, there's there's going to be all of that, like Exa. Well, yeah. When you're, this morning, I saw the list of uh, initially the United States had committed to buy from you know eight different companies. Well, this morning, two of them announced that they're going to be a year away now because They've had issues. It, 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 they okay. did the uh, antibody uh, uh, amounts uh, in elderly people, and that was one of the concerns about this virus. And the in Moderna and uh, Pfizer did, but the other ones didn't. So now that leaves us short on what we were going to buy. So you know they're going to have to go back to one of the other com uh, companies and say we need to increase our order. So right. yeah, it's a, it's a complicated deal. But you know, bring us full circle back with the sports. The other thing that should be brought up and why this is such a moral and an ethical decision, you know, athletes are probably the least likely of yeah. human beings. I mean, they're perfectly healthy. Now, that doesn't mean they shouldn't be vaccinated because they can, you know, as it turns out that right. you can spread it on that, that, you know, that's better for the country and you're developing herd immunity. But, you know, they're, they really need to be, you know, that little app, I haven't gone on it, but I, I've seen other reporters have gone on and, you know, they're ranked 269 millionth or whatever it is to get the, you know, vaccine. I, I would say athletes would be after 300 million. Other right. people at the, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, it, athletes, you know, college students, all different, I mean, younger, it's amazing. Like all the, all the kids at my daughter's college, so many of them did get it. Um, none of them had bad effects from it. You know, it, they just, they just, they could spread it to people who could, but you know, this is, you're right. I mean, there's a certain limit to the people who are most in danger of dying. And there's a lot of people dying right now has to be, has, that has to be looked at, you know, that, that has to really be taken in, into account. Well, I, what will be curious to, to, to track over the next couple of weeks, because I mean, we're, we're assuming that things are going to get wrapped up between the NHL and the PA at some point this upcoming week. Maybe that's optimistic, but I, I think that's probably. That may still be optimistic, Mike. It's dragging. Right. Right, but but the, the the interesting thing will be whether players, like as Logan was saying, anti-vaxxers who don't want to take the vaccine, whether players or players just simply um, will opt out. Um, you know, they're like for example, we were talking a couple of days ago about Craig Anderson, who's a free agent right now. Craig Anderson, if he was under contract, might opt out this year because his wife is a re is a recovering a cancer patient. And, you know, they're susceptible, they're more susceptible because of pre-existing conditions to be, to getting infected. So yeah. um, whether, whether there are players with young kids or whatever, who will completely opt out of their contracts for this year and how the NHL and the PA will address that in terms of the contract or in terms of money or whatever. No, definitely. Um, I think we should get onto something a lot more fun though. Um, just for a second, just, just because, um, you know, and I do think that, 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 you know, and cause we have the divisions, right. The divisions have come out and I think yeah, those, I was, I was those are really interesting to talk about. Um, they are the divisions actually that, that I projected right a while ago. Well, um, but that's see that that's the interesting thing I could, cause yeah, that's, even that's, that has changed now. But, it's even but, changed but, now too. Right. right Mike, Mike, what this is now. So Mike, Mike Russo last night tweeted out that Minnesota is looking to move from what would deem to be the central division to the Pacific division, um, flip flopping with the Dallas stars. And then, uh, Elliot Friedman this morning said, 
Uh, Minnesota and St. Louis want to move to the, to the Pacific, but that would mean another team from that division would have to move uh, move to the central. So you get to do you get to do this? Just like, hey, I want to be in that division. Is that well? Well, well there are, there are tra- there are travel considerations. Yeah, it's the travel issue. No, there are travel considerations for sure. But I mean, Dallas is one team that deserves deserves first shot at at that travel. Yeah, because they have it worse. They're, it's they've the always worst. had it worse. <laughs> they have the worst travel of any team in the NHL. I mean, Marty Turco. Anytime I've ever interviewed him, has always pointed that out. All the different time zones they'll play in all the time. It's hard to figure out when they're actually playing. So the Canadian division is the Canadian division. Of course, that's obvious. Right. Um, the um, the Eastern division is just taking um, Columbus and Carolina out and putting in Boston and Buffalo. Right. That's, this is the updated one with Philadelphia that um, ESPN right. didn't have in there. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. I heard all about that. Um, but, yeah, this has Philadelphia on it. So um, did we – I mean, what is so what we're looking at, Minnesota so, and Dallas as the one – Minnesota, Either Minnesota or St. Louis – either Minnesota – Moving to this to the Pacific in in either St. Louis or Dallas's place. So Minnesota would be with Anaheim, Arizona, Colorado, either Dallas or St. Louis, L.A., San Jose, and Vegas. Like more travel for Minnesota. Why would Minnesota want to do this? I better I chance know. to make the playoffs. I bet you not winning. I mean, because if it's just I bet you, I guarantee you, they ran a computer model and it came up like, hey, if we did this, our chances of being a playoff team with the expanded format are this. Yeah. Rather than this, that's my skeptical mind goes to that. Kevin, do you think they'll have any? I mean, this is this. I think this is this. These divisions feel pretty set. I well, I don't know though. I, you know, I don't think they are set, but um, you know, I guess what it, it depends on what kind of case they make. I would I, I would suggest because they're not yeah. nothing's in stone yet. I did hear right. something today this morning though, which you know you don't um, you know haven't been talked about. You know, the trade deadline. Mm. The, at least last I heard was going to be at the exact period away from the end of the season. It usually is. Right. Um, But what's been brought up and, you know, you know, you don't know what the landscape will look like, but it could look just like it is now. What that really means is if if a Canadian team is going to be at a disadvantage, because if they trade for someone from below the, uh, the demarcation line there, that guy's going to have to quarantine two weeks. Well, if they're if the players get the vaccine, then they won't have to quarantine. They won't have the vaccine by then. We're talking that'll be um, but March probably. March, yeah, they won't have it. By, you know, they're not the mainstream people aren't. You know, only the uh, elderly and uh, yeah, first responders supposed to have it by March. Right. right, unless unless they purchase it privately, and then you know, then they would have it. I mean, probably yeah. earlier than that. But 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 we're going to take them at their word and say yeah. that they won't do that. So right, but uh, but Pierre Le- Pierre LeBrun reported that there wasn't going to be any sort of not ban, but any sort of uh, um, hindrance between Canadian and U.S. teams trading with each other because you know which would you know i mean if you're toronto and you're limited to trading with the other six teams in your division yeah, that you might not be able to i mean that is i i i think that's a pretty big uh hindrance that's uh, two weeks i mean two yes yeah. i mean yeah i mean I, I i don't know how they can prevent that yeah i mean yeah. i don't know yeah. it's pretty it's it's pretty clear canada is not going to waive that no yeah. I think that's a disadvantage. So it is. I mean, you wouldn't trade for a goalie if you have to wait two weeks just to see the goalie. Like right. you're not going to do it. Well, yeah. the, the C the CDC did come out last week last week and said that 14 days was excessive. That seven to 10 days was was acceptable. So maybe maybe things are adjusted later on in the season. Maybe, but even uh, if you have to wait a week and then like a bunch of negative tests, sometimes yeah. you need that player quicker than that. It it could be. You know, if 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 the uh, you know if the deaths go down and there's fewer cases, I mean, Canada could could change it all, and then it won't won't matter. So right, that's true. Yeah, and uh, I mean, the one the one the one disadvantage, and I've been railing about this. In turn, and Act doesn't believe my assertion that six of the seven Canadian teams are like would be likely playoff teams in the current or in the uh, the normal division division setup. But the one disadvantage, fifty six games for the three other divisions is is a even split. It's eight games against each team, four home, four away. It's nice and neat. With the Canadian teams, 
it's, you're only playing six other teams. It's 10 games against two teams and then nine against the other ones. And I would assume it's going to be based on geography. So, for example, Toronto would probably play Ottawa and Montreal 10 times. Yeah. Yeah. And then the teams in the West, nine. Um, you know, you watched Edmonton Calgary, Eck. By yeah. game nine, I don't know if there's going to be a player left because they're going <laughs> to kill each other. It'll be great. It'll be a lot of fun. You know, it was funny last night when I was watching that game. They're like, well, there's another game where, you know, we're in Hockey Night in Canada where we only have one anthem. And I thought to myself, wow, that's a poor just thing talking into the future. You're going to have a lot of games with one anthems <laughs> coming up coming up down the line. I, I know, I know, I know, uh, I know uh, press people in certain buildings that'll be very happy that it's only one anthem. It's only one I'm anthem. Running, whole league. I've got to ask at some point, we're going to see a TV schedule. And so, my basic point on that is, like how many times is NBC going to show the Canadian division games? Like, I think they're going to cut down on them. Only, you know, when they'll show it, Russ, Toronto, Edmonton. Yeah. I think there's only going to be a hand, two of them. I think Toronto, Edmonton, and I think they'll show Edmonton, Calgary, and I'm not sure they're going to show much else. Montreal's got a big following down here. Um, that That's the one thing I, yeah, I think. That's all hate. That's all hate at. No, no, no. There's a lot of Montreal fans. Yeah, I mean, they'll show Montreal, but they're not going to show them a lot, I don't think. I mean, I don't know. I mean, but probably not. But, but I mean, California, there's like more, show, there are more Canadians living in California than they're living in Canada right now. They'll show uh, Montreal, Toronto on Saturday night on NHL Network. But if you're talking about NBCSN or NBC. That's what I'm talking about. The NBCSN. It's, go, it's, going, it's going to be Toronto, Edmonton. Maybe occasionally you'll sprinkle in Elias Pettersson in Vancouver for the late game. But. Maybe. It's going to be Toronto, Edmonton. That's it's going to be a whole lot of Philly, Pittsburgh, a whole lot of Boston, the Rangers. Right, right. But the point, the point was Canada. They, they, you know, I know, like, but what you're going to see in the U.S., I'm saying, yeah. Like, are they basically going to pick, if they have one game that day, an 8 o'clock game, are they going to pick a Canadian game over something else happening in the U.S.? Probably not. Not a chance in hell. Yeah. Because no they're uh, going for regional They're going for regional ratings, and that's not going to get them regional ratings, Zach. No. Yeah, yeah. So people in the U.S. are not going to get to see McDavid. They're not going to get to see Matthew. I mean, I'm not saying it's a good thing. No. I am just bringing it up because. No, no, no. I get it. I mean, I get. It. What, are you, what are your thoughts? Do you think there's any chance we're going to get Canadian games on there? I don't think we'll see many more than we saw last time. If you remember last year, they trumpeted the schedule because they included more teams, um, and, but it still wasn't a lot. Right. And, and so I don't, you know. Normally we don't see a lot of Canadians, so I don't think we're going to see a lot now. Yeah. Now, yeah. Uh, Kevin Elliot Friedman reported yesterday, and he talked about this a couple weeks ago. So I'm sure he had heard a, a trial balloon about this that the NHL is investigating the possibility of a, of ads on players' helmets, and I'm assuming also uh, maybe goaltenders' masks. I yeah. have absolutely no problem with this i mean it's not i hope it isn't going to get to the point where it's going to be like europe and it's like they're a, a, a skating billboard but i have no problem with this and if they need to get more revenue this way be my guest yeah no i i've long thought that we gotten too carried away about it as long you know i i don't like messing with the jerseys just because that's part of the nhl tradition right um, but um you know helmets and sticks skates, and skates. Yeah, skates, whatever else you can do. Yeah, I'm fine with all that. Yeah, me too. And especially now where, you know, we got to get back to normal as quickly as possible. And, uh, um, you know, we, although I have heard recently that they are going to, that some teams are petitioning to try to get some players or some fans in the building. Yeah, so, I heard that too. I'm sure that's going to happen. I mean, there's. Again, try. I mean, it's not, there's not a lot of states where they can do it. But no, Florida, are, obviously. Florida, Tennessee. Tennessee, so, probably. Tennessee, I would Tennessee, think. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and the, the, other, the other concern, though, I mean, and this is something that's got to be, you know, determined as we get closer to the potential January 13th start date, is municipalities like Santa Clara County, who, you know, the 49ers had to move to Arizona for two weeks. 
and you know whether the San Jose Sharks, which is in Santa Clara County, can play. Now I've he I heard something where the, they were offered the availability of like the arena in Oakland, which is right. in Santa Clara, so they might be able to play there. But I don't know if it comes up to NHL specs. So that I don't know if the NHL could be that picky right now. I I, I don't think there will be specs uh, <laughs> because you know right now it, it's I mean the specs are really about the size of the. Of the ice, you know, it doesn't really matter, you know. Right, that's true. You know, you could play it at a community center. You know, yeah. the ice was good enough. Well, I guess the big, the big thing about that is all these all these arenas are are, are suited for television, right? Like the, the idea here, you got it. You got to have a good broadcast. Do you want to have? Yes, the thing about the arenas is that they have they have the angles, they have the all the cameras in place. They have all that. If we had John Shannon on the show, I think he would tell you San Jose has the is known to have the worst angles in the NHL for for television, the worst. So, so probably better than uh, than the than the El Camino Skate Zone or whatever it's going to go. The big thing is is they you know, replay. Yeah, as long as we can get the downward uh, right. Down shot or whatever they call it. that yeah i mean there's a lot to putting this just into like your everyday arena um right. i i think that then that's i mean that's why because obviously it would be cheaper for them to do it in those in i thought about this years long years ago yeah and they may not be the only one years uh let's good say like six months ago when we were talking about the bubbles and i was saying you know like why don't you just play these in small arenas because they're way it's way cheaper than opening up the giant buildings to play yes, the, their offices are there they're training they have training facilities there with a lot cheaper. of training. i mean our practice facilities playing their practice facilities practice facilities they've got all that stuff and they've got you know the yeah, they, they don't have cameras built in yeah right yeah you know, that's the thing so it's been cameras has been the problem right so i mean it, i think the kings could end up having a problem i mean that we could be like a week away from the kings saying the same thing like all of a sudden they got to go somewhere you know, everybody should just go to Arizona and we'll just all play the game. It's <laughs> where they're not paying their rent, you know. <laughs> Can I get a time <laughs> for it? So. I know. It's, it's, it's um, I don't know. It's going to be. There's still going to be more hiccups before the season starts, you know. Here's the thing that, you know, no, the fan base is certainly not going to care about, but we all care about. And uh, on my podcast the other day, I asked Eric Aronson this. Are we ever going to get in a dressing room ever again? I don't think so. <laughs> well, I think so. I think in two years, not this year. I think next, the year after we were. You know, when we haven't been there in so long, it's going to feel so strange. And, you know, the players are going to, you know, they're used to it, it. You know, I remember early on, people have forgotten this now. It was a long time ago. It used to be able to go into the NHL dressing rooms before the game. Right. The reason we lost it is it felt so strange. You know, like those of us who have been sports writers and covered other sports, you, you know, when you go into a baseball uh, dressing room for a game, it feels really natural because everybody's in there and yeah, yeah. Used to doing it. But, you know, I, I went in a couple of times and I was the only one in there. Everybody looks at you like, what the hell are you doing here? Right. I never did it. Yeah. And it, it, it was difficult. Like I got to the point where if I wanted a person, um, you know, I would ask the PR person to see if he'd come and meet me out in the hallway because it was a better interview. You know, you right. didn't feel self-conscious and, you know, you felt like you're, well, uh, that's what I'm worried about. It's going to happen here. That I mean, it's possible that we could all end up in the, you know, in their bigger meeting rooms um, like the coach does. It is possible, but I, I think we're going to still be in, in the locker room, but I, and not anytime this year, obviously this year. I think they could steer it. I think, I think, we, I think we're kidding ourselves if we think we're gonna. I think it's gonna go back to the way it was. Yeah. It's not gonna go back I, the way it was. I think you're, you're gonna have. You're, you're gonna be limited. I mean, well, you know, okay, I, I, I didn't be able to get in. Other people, you know, other people who've been around for. But there will be people. I, I guarantee you, this is another excuse for the NHL to cut off a lot of people. This is what, I'm not that cynical yet. I'm not is, there this yet. This is what I think is going to happen. I think rights holders like, you know, Hockey Night in Canada are going to be able to have, you know, the in-person interviews right well, that goes without saying, yeah. Right, but I think I think daily media like I was for I've been for a couple years for in, in Toronto. I think we're going to be limited to being in the media room and sitting in seats with the players and the coaches up at the podium and it's not going to be a scrum standing around players. Yeah, I don't I don't know about that. I mean, let me bring this up because this was brought up to me by someone um, from a team, you know, what's really come home to everyone 
is how unsanitary it is for yes. to have these scrums. And you know what I'm talking about. You know, if you're in the third layer of a scrum trying to yeah. do Crosby, oh, yeah. most reporters are skilled at threading the needle with yeah. the yeah. they put in, you know, underneath someone's armpit and then I've got good reach. I do elbow and then down and then you're standing there and you got all sorts of appendages in front of you. You have no idea exactly that if he's still there. Well but yeah. You know, it's it's really just not, you know, especially in flu season, it's yes. it's not a, a really good way to do well, they, it. They, you know what? And that may be a thing, Kev. They may ask us to be vaccinated, and if we're not, then we're not allowed in. Oh, uh, uh, or Kev, all I know is that I made sure I did my upper body work before the beginning of the regular season to stretch and hold my arm for two yeah. opponent. But but no, I mean, I I can I know of reporters who, you know, they have a cough drop in their mouth because they have a cold and they're not trying not to cough when everybody else is trying to record the player. I mean, yeah, you, you're going to go. I think that goes without saying too. I think you're right. If someone does show symptoms, they're going to be like, you can't come in here. Right. But I also think they may ask us for proof of vaccination when we get our credentials or sure. if you want to go and they may send it out when we get our credentials. Like, Hey, if you want to be in the locker room, you have to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. You know, in, in Asia, Japan in particular, if you have a cold or something, you wear a mask. Right. right. You just do. That's what, that's been common, commonplace. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just the way you do it. I wonder if we're, you know, because of all the mask wearing, whether we're going to, you know. They may do that. You might be right, Kev. They might just say you have to wear a mask in the locker room to protect yeah. our players and yourselves. And if they say that, I'm fine with it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, now just make just make sure that you don't wear the mask of the unless the team gives you. Yeah, yeah. Just make sure you're not wearing a maple leaf mask if you're going in the maple right. leaf locker room. Yeah, no, but I think I do think that's a legit thing. They may ask us to wear masks, and if which that's the way to get back in, I think everybody would sign on for that. Which is fine, yeah. But I, I, I do, I you know, I do worry about the NHL like getting too used to stuff like this, like to go. Nah, to I know the they've been they've been pretty good about sending the message like, hey, it looks like that now. But it's not going to be so. Well, okay. I mean, that's an improvement for that, Mike for sure. That, that, <laughs> um, that's a good one. Yeah, the the uh, that's the message they have been sending. But there are other people who have been around the block as long as I have who feel just like I do. That right. There's you're a right. I mean, Kevin, you and and Kevin's been the one who's had to. No, do no, it. and it's not unfounded. <laughs> it's not yeah. unfounded. It isn't. I mean, yeah. and it also remember this is the league is one thing. The league isn't really what counts when it comes to the locker room it's the individual team yeah, it's the individual yeah, teams. yeah. so yeah. I mean, and, and teams will be all, they'll all be different you know they you know I, I it's one of the great moments uh that i had when i was president of the writers we actually had a meeting it was all the um you know beat writers who'd been around a lot uh, scott burnside was there pierre lebrun was there i believe kevin dupont was there um yeah, but i can't say for certain but there was you know seven or eight of us and we were talking with with Gary about access in the uh, uh, finals. And uh, uh, I remember saying to Gary, uh, well, you know, you're the commissioner. Can't you, you know, just step in? And he said, you know, you would think it would work like that, wouldn't you? <laughs> and, uh, you know, and he, and he was being totally serious. And, it, you know, his, you know, what he was trying to say is, is that, you know, teams um, who are competing for this, they'd rather take the fine than, um, right you know, then, then to give in on this. Well, yeah. so. one, one of the, one of the, I, talk, I, I mentioned this to Russ yesterday. One of the things I think will be interesting in terms of uh, access for the upcoming season, if you think about it, there should be no cutback in terms of uh, media access to the buildings, because if they are concerned about social distancing in the press boxes, there are no fans. They can, they can set up a table in the, in the concourse and have, media sit there with their computer and be socially distant so they shouldn't be cutting back media and i think russ made the point that they need the media more than ever this year they, they need to promote this game and you know keep it in the public public eye so they shouldn't cut the media back i mean honestly when when the game is back to having fans in we don't know what the economy will be like for the average person and we don't know what their ticket sales are going to be like as a result yeah, uh, I got a phone they call. Don't know, right, Kev? I don't It'll think they I, I got before we see sold out buildings. Well, it's funny. I got a phone call yesterday. I, I had purchased a ticket 
a few years ago uh, in an opposition market to go see a Leaf game. They had me on their mailing list and phone list. I got a phone call from them yesterday asking if I was interested in buying a half season or a quarter season yeah. worth of season tickets. So that tells me that they're thinking at, at, at a certain point they're going to have fans this year. Well, what's what's interesting to me is, uh, and I don't, you know, I can really relate this to my NFL experience, but uh, I've been a Detroit Lions season ticket holder. My wife and I have been for, you know, more than a decade. And, you know, you rarely hear from the team, you know, you get an occasional letter. Um, and of course they always let you know when you owe your money. Of course. And, and all that kind of stuff. We have in the last week, my wife and I have both gotten calls. Uh, we didn't uh, pick it up to talk to them, but they left a message on our machine. They were just checking in to see how we are. Now, you know, nice. to me, that says they're concerned. <laughs> yeah. Matt Miller should have been calling your house with the way he was running that team. <laughs> Make sure you still come. They're concerned. Yeah. And, I, and it's not just the Lions. I, you know, I'm sure every team in, in oh, North yeah. America is doing that, you know, just making sure because there is there are some concerns. And I wrote a column about it, about the fact that, you know, television ratings, which they thought were going to be astronomical because we have so little to do, you know, have turned out to actually be declined. Yeah, uh, declining. So you know, uh, you know. Yeah, well, you forget how I mean it, it, it. How hard these like season ticket. I mean, some 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 buildings. You know, um, some some teams, of course, have no problem selling season tickets. But I was around the Predators a couple times when they've been on their season ticket drives. You know, and teams like that that are like, and they every 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 ticket that season ticket that comes in is like a celebration. You know, like they really it it building up two, four, six, eight at a time is a big big deal. Well. So then, when you cut off, when you, so that's that's hard to build up, but it, but the pandemic is really easy to, to, to tear that part that down. You know, well, like I would have probably torn down too. Ek, yeah. I have no idea because I, you know, I don't have to report to a job where you need public transportation. But I'm assuming that most of them have cut down the schedules and oh, and trains and everything else. And when yeah. things start to ramp back up, you know, you don't know how all in they're going to go until they sort of see how many people they actually are going to be servicing. Well, yeah. Kevin, some people some people think that, you know, it was the fact that the the these you know these seasons resumed in August and September and that wasn't traditionally the time for the NBA and the NHL. But no, Yeah, but there was you know also, you know, obviously the news about COVID and the presidential election in the states yep. and how much attention that drew so i don't know if they can draw the conclusions that the you know i mean i'm sure the nhl is very concerned because they're going into the last year of that contract with nbc and they want to have good ratings to go and you know get a get a big contract from somebody yeah i mean i your points are all valid and uh, you know i mentioned all that and but it's just the concern about it like they don't really know what's going to happen because you know we had the oddity of what was going on uh, with the uh, presidential race, as you said, also there was the political implications. People are mad at athletes for for speaking out, uh, and the fact that we were in uh, off season. Uh, yeah. A lot of people were embracing home improvement projects. Some people had lost their jobs, so it's just hard to know, kind of what you know the reason why the ratings are down. But they, you know, I'm sure they are concerned about it. Yeah, they we won't know until now. They got all of our money. So they know they're going to be pretty good this year, uh, you know, right. the next time that we, uh, you know, that we play. Um, but it's what happens after that. The biggest one, I think, is, and I don't know, you know, whether your friends have said, but I've, I've heard from people my age, you know, how much money those who are working have saved because they don't go anywhere. Right. right? Yeah. You know, you know, they're not eating out. You know, suddenly all this money, like how much do we spend eating out all the time? No, no, no. I'm still I'm still getting delivery and and yeah. I'm picking up and yeah. driving through. I'm still doing that. We yeah. were doing, we were we were saving it well, you know, we were saving some money because we were because you know the pandemic obviously hurt the hockey buzz business. But you know, with my wife's money, yeah, for sure. You know, we were saving yeah. but but also but when it comes down to the whole aspect of, you know, you, you do eventually start order we, we didn't order in for a very long time. We went like months. I was like, I was the last in this whole panel to order out food. Um, we were just buying from the grocery store and making our food and everything like that. But yeah, when you, when, then you, when you, once you start, once you open that door to start ordering food, <laughs> that's a tough one. Yeah. So, well, 
let's just say the Chinese food that you buy from Wegmans is not close to the Chinese food you buy. No, from and, and if this is sure. at the end of the day, Kev, this is this would still require me to cook more, and that's not happening. But I'm not traveling as much, so there is a savings on that. And same in my house. Yeah, you're not driving as much. Right. Movies. You're not going to a ball game. You know, concerts, concerts yeah, cost a lot of yeah, money. You're not, you're not doing that. You're not going over to a friend's house. Right. Um, you're not going to the bar. Nope. I, I, I use a half a tank of gas every time I drive up to and back from Toronto. And, you know, I haven't done that since yeah. March. So yeah. uh, I, I sent something out uh, for all of us to talk, to finish out the show with. Um, it Because Russ and I got into a conversation about, uh, we mentioned Fabian Brunstrom yesterday. And he's yep. the all-time you know, European free agent bust, you know, the guy who everybody thought was, you know, ballyhooed, you know, people, you know, number of teams were going after him. And then all of a sudden, you know, he comes over, he gets a hat trick in his first NHL game and then does nothing and was yeah. just completely a bust. So it's not based on how much money a team spent, it's just like expectations. Like, Hey, we're getting this guy. We're bringing him here. He's been really good in this league. He's going to be really good for us. So I got a few of them. Uh, I don't know if you, you know, Russ. Has I got, got five. Few. I even ranked them. Yeah, um, I, I, you know, and Kevin, I'm sure you have a few. Uh, act. I don't know if you if you, you did it, but uh, I've got. Uh, I'll start with the the obvious one from the Maple Leaf perspective, Jonas the Monster Gustafsson. Yeah. Uh, Brian Burke talked this guy up like he was the Swedish Patrick Waugh. Just that now, nickname was bad. It yeah, no, no, he, he had great stats in the SHL. No, and yeah, to his defense, he he had a heart ablation procedure. He had a a a, 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 a mis an arrhythmia with his heart yeah. that uh, that knocked him out for a while. But he he would have two good games, and he'd had two games where he would absolutely kill them. Um, so yeah, he's well, he's on my list. He's number three on my list. Okay. Yeah, he was mine. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you my number five. My number five is maybe lesser known, but I'm sure the Calgary Flames had had some hopes for David Wolf. He came over in 2014. He had 293 goals in the DEL, and I'm sure they were hoping he'd score a few here. Yeah. Um, he ended up playing like a full season at Adirondack, had 168 pims. He became more of an enforcer than an actual goal scorer, and he played three games for Calgary. That's it. Russ, I saw David Wolf when he was a training camp invitee to the Leafs training uh, uh, um, rookie rookie camp, and somebody mentioned Tyler Biggs. He got into a fight with Tyler, Tyler Biggs and uh, – David Broll in in the training camp. The, he didn't look like he really had a lot of talent other than he could fight. No, but in the DEL, he scores goals. Like, yeah. he just does. Yeah, that's what happens, right? You know, the funny thing about Fabian Brunstrom is, you know, he's still only 35 years old, but <laughs> the most goals he ever scored was actually in the NHL in one season. He had 17 for Dallas that first year, and he never scored that many in Sweden or anywhere. Wow. He was definitely the first YouTube darling, you know, like he yeah. was, that that's really without YouTube does the Fabian Brunstrom thing happen the way it, I mean well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go way back in the way back machine and I'm going to uh, talk about <laughs> Knudsen. Oh, oh yeah. Yes. No, he was the sensation shampoo was his nickname in Norway. Uh, <laughs> his hair and he came, you know, he was a real, you know, he was said to be the best uh, player ever in Norway and came over here and played in Columbus. Um, and they really thought he was going to be uh, – I don't know if people thought he would be a superstar, but they thought he'd score some goals over here because he was you know, a pretty skilled player, but it never really worked out. He just uh, never, Yeah, that's, that's a good one. That's okay, a great well, one. I'll give my number two because okay. some of the others were mentioned already. Um, my number two is actually Evgeny Medvedev. Um, okay. He was the top-scoring defenseman in the KHL yeah. all time, and he came over to the Flyers, and he was a little older. He was like 30. 132 something like that and if you want to talk about a guy who just didn't fit in they could not find a spot for him anywhere on the ice he had maybe one or two good games that's it yeah he didn't he didn't really seem to want to be here it was one of those situations you know i don't know why he was even here you know when you were right. talking talk to i mean you know, we can talk to him directly but just the attitude and everything it just didn't seem like he wanted to be here at all yeah. well I'll, I have two of them that I'd put in the same category. Players who were fantastic internationally came over with a reputation and came over to the NHL and for one reason or another made a very brief uh, 
debut and then went back to Europe. Uh, the, the the first one was the, a member of the KLM line, which was Vladimir Krutov. Yeah, he's on my list. Yeah, yeah who, who yeah. came over with the Canucks and apparently ate <laughs> British Columbia. He was big. That's what Mike and I were talking about yesterday. Krutov was big, man. <laughs> yeah, and you know he he was the. I mean, Makarov had a great great career in the or a pretty good career in the NHL. I think he won. Did he win? He the won Cup? the he won the Calder. He was the yeah, oldest. They, the yeah, they changed the rules. Uh, right. Yeah. Right. Right. And Larionov, obviously, uh, yeah. you know, with with San Jose and Detroit, he played really well. But Krutov never made the conversion. Now this one, uh, Kevin, I, I'm not sure. If, I'm sure if you remember this guy, um, he he was a star with the Czech national team. Played in the Olympics, I think, in '76 and '80. Played in the Canada Cup. Came over to the Washington Capitals in '82. Milan Novi. Yeah, yeah, I do. Remember. Oh, that one I don't know. Yeah, one he played one year with the Caps, scored thirty-eight points, and went right back to Europe. And I looked, at, I looked it up because I, I remember because I was playing Stratomatic hockey at the time, <laughs> um, and I, and somebody drafted him, and I, I knew who he was, but basically he couldn't take the physical uh, nature of the NHL and went back to Europe as quickly as possible. Yeah, I mean, I'll, men I'll mention my number one. Eck will certainly like it. He, he's from the Czech Republic. I might. Sportsology was there to cover it, but not with oh, writer. When Yuri DePita came on the scene for the funky DePita, we used to call him. Yeah, <laughs> and Bobby Clark would say he's you know he's the best player yeah. not out not in the NHL. Uh, not yes, not playing in North America. Not yeah, in the NHL, and then he did it for one game. Yeah, yeah, yeah he looked good. Well, I well, my last guy that hasn't been said already was uh, uh, and it was just recent. Uh, uh, ship ship was really still scoring in the KHL. Yeah, points. He's not in the top. Yeah, still, KHL. He just got his 700 points. Still top, top player, but came over here and just couldn't cut it with the, uh, and just wasn't really to, willing to work at it. And his, yeah. wife, his yeah. wife too struggled to yes. uh, acclimate as well. And uh, that's too bad because he's a pretty skilled player. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, just no to, just want to. You know, not everybody, you know, wants to come to a you know a strange world, which is right. uh, that's right. exactly true. I mean, yeah. you're. Yeah. I, I mean, the lot, especially the guys from the Czech Republic and place and the Czech Republic, the Slovaks, something like that. They go home when the off season when the season's done. They oh yeah, immediately. You know, that's yeah. that's what you can tell. That's the big difference with some of the players from overseas. Like, I mean, a lot of the Finns and Swedes will go home too, but those guys are out of here immediately. And um, they want to be out of, out of here, you know. Uh, my my guy is um is is Flyers and Rangers fame, Pavel Brendel. Yeah. Well, no, he was drafted though. He was. He was yeah. That's true. Not yeah, it's true. But still, like he's still. Oh, he's a massive bust, but he was yeah. drafted. That's yeah. Yeah. A massive, massive bust. He was a really highly touted player. Speak yeah, on. the one thing I could tell people about Brendel that I remember, um, I had just gotten into this area. Clearly, I you know I knew about him with the Rangers and Neil Smith talking him up. But when he became a flyer, um, he, they were showing this revolutionary new thing, the skating machine. And they were like, look at Pavro Brenda, look at him go. And I'm like saying to other people, this is the this is the most skating he's actually ever done. Fast forward to the Philadelphia Phantoms. And after a game one night, I sat down next to Brenda in the locker room and started to ask him what went wrong in the game. And he goes, listen, I'm done. I'm like, what do you mean you're done? He goes, I'm retiring. I'm like, <laughs> Okay, and then I went on to the next guy. Like, I <laughs> like that was it. It was like there's nothing else there. There's no coming back from that. Uh, no. And there was no Twitter to put. Pavel Brundle just told me he retired. I was just like, all right. The last, the last one I have is another Leaf one, and I think I mentioned it yesterday, but it's it's notable. He played every game of his NHL career except one for the Leafs. He played one game for Detroit. Uh, and that was Miroslav Inachak. Now, oh, he, was, yeah. he was the younger brother of Peter Inachak, who was a second-line center for the Leafs. He was drafted in, like, the ninth round. And, it, again, it was like he's the best guy in the Czech Republic that's not in the NHL. And he comes over first game at the Forum in Montreal, and he scores two goals, and it's like Inachak mania. And then yeah. I think he scored three goals in, like, 35 games. I'll tell you who could have been that guy. Joel Lundquist had the Rangers ever actually signed him, but I'm pretty sure he practiced with the team. Like when he'd come, he'd so go see Henrik, and I'm pretty sure he had been on the ice, but clearly would never have been able to play yeah, in the NHL. Good, good call. Good, good topic. 
speaking of checks, yeah, um, you know, there's always these players and uh, you know coaches and things. When you read their age, it makes you feel old. Uh, Peter Klima is 55 years old now. Wow, jeez, yeah, my Boy, God, I still yeah. I still remember him like not playing in that overtime yep. in Boston the, with the blackout, and then he plays in the overtime and 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 scores the winning goal. Well, he had legs. Nobody else had legs. Well, we have breaking news here. This is big news, actually. Go for it. So Bob McKenzie tweeted, the real Bob McKenzie, I'm, I'm making sure, but Anthony put it up, so I believe it. Uh, interesting situation developing that may, um, I guess he meant may be nothing, but he put a dash. Nothing is oh, official, nothing's official quite yet, meaning Team USA could be without Nick Robertson for the World Juniors. So we don't know why. Um, Mike had told me, Mike, you said that Robertson was um, located in Canada, right? Yeah, he's in. He's in. He stayed in Toronto after the Leafs were eliminated. And um, what this might be, it might be the fact the Leafs are not going to let him go. It could be a last minute. We're pulling him back thing. Yeah. Right. If, if the training camp starts January first or January second, which supposedly it will for a January thirteenth uh, uh, start date, um, the the World Junior goes from Christmas Day to the fifth of January. So. They may say, well, we're, we're, we're saying we're not going to let him go because, um, you know, fear of getting infected or fear of getting hurt, or maybe they think he's going to make the team. Well, it's good that they are saying it now before they make the final cuts. That's good because now somebody else could at least make the team before, you, you know, Team USA had decided to make their final cuts. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. 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 All right, That's next a time big time. loss for them if they don't have them. Yeah. One thing I want to talk about next time when we have Kevin is the, um, is the Olympics because they are in, it is in the CBA that the NHL players are going to go. And then I, and last night I was watching um, that's hockey in Canada, you know, cause I, like I said, I was flipping around some Canadian television and uh, they were talking about how the Canadian brass is already meeting and stuff like that. And the U S brass hasn't met at all because like they don't, there's no agreement. There's no, you know, right. it, well, 400 days away. Yeah. Doug, which, Dark, which is not, you know, which it sounds like a lot of time away. No, in Olympic life, it's not. You're Doug, right. Doug Armstrong is supposedly the the leading candidate to be the GM. They don't even have it. They don't even have that yet. You know, that's. Oh, that's, I, uh, Darren Drager reported that this morning. But the thing okay. is, though, the question is whether they'll bring back Babcock for for third straight Olympics. I don't. They will. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think they will either. No, yeah. definitely not. All right, thank you, Kevin. Have a great weekend. All right, sounds uh, good. Got the Santa beer going there. I'm hoping you're going to be at Santa. I do. Yeah. <laughs> They're looking good. Looking good. Yeah, so I'm going to shave it off on Christmas Day. So. All right. Remember without the buzz. After I get back from my rounds. I so. can't wait. There you go. This is great. I love it. I love it. Um, remember without the buzz. It's just Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha! In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.